Good day, cocksuckers. It is time for another installment of the best thing ever to happen. Please forgive us for the annoying humming sound coming from Steve Murphy's microphone. It is either a technical difficulty or proof that he is a gay cyborg. Referred to as lady and gentleman. We are back. Who listens to this? <laughs> this is the 40th Chud podcast. Um, this is a milestone because um, most people didn't think we'd get past one. Yet here we are. Um, That's Justin. We're back with renewed vigor, right? Like We're back. We're, this is going to be... I don't think we went anywhere. I don't care that the better last than podcast ever, right? I mean, was this is it. Nutella. This is turn over a new leaf. Nope. This is the same fucking podcast. Do all different things. Nope. Not gonna say any of the same jokes. Nope. No references to the past. This is forty. It's the new forty. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. Tell me about your day. So far, I've been lounging around on this nice little uh, settee you've got set up here. A hatiz? <laughs> What's it called? Very comfortable. I might take my shoes off. But that you did. Way through the sentence. Justin, how are you? Good. Tell us about your uh, your newborns. She's not really newborn anymore. No, she's two two and a half months. She's good. Did she do the score for the Breakfast Club? What the, who did the score for the Breakfast Club? It was Ira newborn. You remember the band, the Breakfast Club? No. You don't? No. I remember the Escape Club. They were around the same time. They had that song, um, Right on Track, I'm Gonna Get You Back. Right on track. You know what I'm talking about. Bro. No, I'm glad I don't. What's an Escape Club song? The Escape Club was Wild Wild West. Do, do, do a little bit. Wild Wild West. Is it with the gunshot or the whip? Mm. Bad gunshot. So, uh, yeah, she's doing great. Thanks for asking. Hope she's great. How's your unborn? Freaking got a cock. Yeah, I heard the news. You expected another wom- uh, another little lady. The doctor, the first time, the doctor's like, uh, "Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn sure it's a girl." So, so we came up with a name. Thought it was great. Little I fucker had a, little fucker had a dick. When we went to the doctor on Monday. You technically so still use was it the same, same doctor? Or was it a different doctor? This I don't know. I don't keep track of those. So when you went back and they said, I was, uh, we it was a, a different. Oh, it was a different person. Okay, a different person. Do you want to divulge the original name? The girl, if it was a girl, it was going to be Isabella. So, does it really work? Does it? For a as, man. As a boy? No. Hmm. Depends. Depends on if I'm going to take him to Paris. Take my so, um, you boy. guys are expecting one thing, and life threw you a curveball. Yep. And now here comes a boy. Yep. Pretty nice. Congratulations. 
Thank you. Congratulations. The doctor also said it has it's an African American, which yeah. was which was odd, because I hadn't tuned my fork to that frequency at the time. So were you though, aren't you? So then um, part African. So then, so what do they what do they do when they show you? It's a boy. How do they they just circle part of the sonogram or? No. Uh, well, I mean, it was obvious. It was obvious. It was obvious that the wiggler had a fucking. Fucking massive rod. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was a boy because he was playing with it. He's like, fucking A. This thing rocks. Yeah, but I heard it tonight. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> sonogram cock. That's something else. Well, congratulations. It's funny. He glanced over his shoulder and he looked up at us. He's like, what the fuck's going on? I'm busy over here. <laughs> like, Dark room. Can't you see I'm fucking getting laid? <laughs> <laughs> And suddenly this conversation's gone to great, hell. Great first words for a child, by the way. Um, Take the pacifier out. Can't you see I'm getting laid over here? Apart from that, how oh. are you doing? Me? I'm good. Fine. Outstanding. I don't have a problem with the last podcast. I didn't realize that... I didn't realize that... They didn't know they could masturbate a little. I didn't realize that was a ha- that could happen. Why? I don't know. So what does the, does the mother do... To, Swallow some pornography or what? Yeah, but that's nothing different. Rip out a page from the Sears catalog lingerie section and drink a warm glass of milk. I don't know. It's good. The she thing learns it's all distorted. New. She has to like look at the distorted signals and 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 just and pretend there's a naked in there, like we did as children. How does it know what to imagine? It's never seen anything. Well, if you believe that God built that little bastard. Then he put the 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 entire world of fiction. Not necessarily. Just because if you believe that, he still has to learn on him, on his own. I think. Well, see the thing. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that he's just. Um, I'm trying to figure out which duty is reincarnated, because he's obviously some reincarnated soldier from beyond. Right. Well, I think we can all agree that God had nothing to do with this. If you're lucky. It's, it's Klaus Kinski. <laughs> I think we're about due for a Klaus resurgence. So that's the thing. I can't, it can't be somebody who's recently died. It's got to be somebody who died 10, 15 years ago. It takes that long to, to, to recuperate from the death process and then get right. formed into a, a little baby. Regenerate. So you think that, you think that um, Klaus Kinsey, he's been waiting in the wings to come back? He's a little reincarnate. I mean, I don't know if this is the child in, in that he's chosen. I'd like to think that, that the son of mine would be worthy of Klaus Kinsey's disembodied spirit. You could but, be, you think you could be having uh, Klaus Kinski in a way. Yeah. That's something to strive for. I'm that trying to think what other people died around that period. I mean, Vic Morrow. He's not coming back. You made fun of him too much. He's not going to. Has ever come up in your prenatal classes? I don't go to those. Well, then it may, and you just don't know. Vic Morrow res- resurgence? He's not yes. coming. Yes. Um. The funny thing is, when we when we looked at the sonogram, he did have two smaller Asian fetuses under each arm. So <laughs> he's definitely not going to target target your kiddo for his soul to be in there. You'll know if it's really him if he if he uh, has uh, like, like a, he's really afraid of shaving when he gets older. He gets that blade near him. Yep. Yep. But he might be a racist, and I will I will endorse that. He's a re- he'll he'll find he'll find peace that's before before the end. What if he grows up a Highlander fan? What are you gonna do then? Send him packing. 
can't kick him out for that. Well, he there's no way my kid could become a Highlander fan because he'll never be around the material. Send him over to all Uncle Steve's place. I'll show him some Highlander. Is that what you call it? At <laughs> least it doesn't sound creepy. Who was the woman at Highlander? What was her name? The woman at Highlander. Does anyone know? I don't. I Do you don't remember know. her name? No. The one who played Tessa? Is, is, wait, wait. The TV show or the film? <laughs> Best question. Um, the film. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember Virginia Madsen in that, too? She was in the second one. Yeah. They upgraded. She was the, in they upgraded, Quickening. They upgraded to Virginia Madsen. Because she was, I think Virginia, Virginia, Virginia Madison's pretty cute. She was then. Well, she but still the, is, actually. Ori- I, I, the original woman is not that cute. No. Remember, she was kind of uh, I don't remember her I that mean, I think Lambert's looks blew her off the screen. <laughs> man, man, looks good. <laughs> Old Lambert laugh. What TV show was it? Oh, it was it was high, it was uh, Highway to Heaven. We should actually that had the Highlander, right? He was doing drugs off Landon. We could. We should start the show off right and start talking about Highlander because you, you were made reference a little earlier that maybe people didn't like that last show that we did. I hate every single Highlander. Everything. You don't like anything. Some people complained about the last show, but what they don't realize is that the only reason we did the last show was because it had been a certain amount of time. We wanted to give them something. We we, we didn't have a very good show, but we made the effort and we put it out there. On the, we didn't really we made it, it. We, we didn't really make too much of an effort, though. We made it clear that it was not a very good one. We said, but we made it clear by actually when you press play on iTunes from the minute it began. <laughs> That's how we made it clear. Only I knew what you were talking about. But it was re- re- released around April Fool's, so we can always say that's our April Fool's show. That was a Highlander Joke. 2 show. We can ignore it in <laughs> the continuum. Did you watch the TV show? Oh, I love the hell I, of it, yeah. I just finished editing the Renegade version of that podcast. You I have it to, uh, I have it to I set. It. I have it set to record on my TiVo. That's how much I like the show. Is it actually, so okay, with it's Adrian ex- Paul? It's extremely 90s, though. Early 90s yeah. with some really shitty... Graphics. I kind of liked it too. I, I saw some of it. Are we starting to look at the '90s like a period now? Like we actually know what a '90s thing yes. looks like. Yes. Yes. Okay. Explain that. It's got like a lot of like a early, um, like a Photoshop presentation type graphics to it. Yeah. The way things would fade out. It was just. Well, it's funny because like I was watching some video. I got nostalgic last night for the Pixies and the Breeders, and I was like watching their videos on uh, YouTube, and they're all from the '90s. All their videos, and they look like. Straight up '90s videos. You, you can know? tell. You yeah. can absolutely tell. And uh, and then you know that's the big thing now. Acts are reuniting like Faith and More, which Nick Nick really is excited about. That's huge money now. The '90s like bands that were really popular in the '90s reuniting. They're making so much money now. You could tell early '90s effects basically because they had just been handed that the computer computer graphics. Yeah. Uh, it was it just became available to them and they didn't know exactly how to use it properly. Mm-hmm. Case in point was the. Opening credits of Highlander. <laughs> Made the it's so bad. It is really. But how, did you they, mean just like every other frame of every other Highlander thing? I don't think you've ever seen the show. You did just they, hate it. Did they? Um, and for the Highlander TV show, did they acquire any Queen songs for the yes, credits? Queen does the opening title. Opening. The now, what, how's it? The what's the song? Yeah. And then Roger Daltrey is in quite a bit of those. He is, and he's a great villain. Yeah. Well, he's not. I mean, he's a great character. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a he's a friend. Friend. Yeah. He, friend of does Duncan. he get killed in it? Some. He point? does get killed. Bye. He gets killed by a guy who, another mortal who, instead of walking around with a sword, walks around with a gun, which is a great idea. Instead of getting entangled in a sword fight, he just walks up and shoots the, the immortal, and then once they're down on the ground, he cuts their head off that way. That's how I would be. <laughs> <laughs> Cheat. <laughs> What's wrong with your microphone? 
that's a, that is a great idea, though. I agree. So anyway, he gets killed by that guy, if I remember correctly. And the hell with it if, if it's wrong. You guys done talking about this stupid shit? And we're back. <laughs> Fucking Highlander. So they said, they said that our last show wasn't so good. Well, look at this. Look at this. Fucking Highlander. Let's talk about Fortress. Now we're talking. Talk about night moves. You didn't pronounce it right. Knight moves. Can you remember besides Lambert? For, can you remember other people that are in Fortress? Diane Lane. Was she in that? I don't know. Jeffrey Combs, I think, was in it. Who else? The bad guy, I think, was uh, the dad from that '70s show, uh, RoboCop. Oh, Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. He was in Star Trek Six. I think I'm making people up though that were in that in Fortress. How how excited were you when Fortress came out? That's a '90s movie. wasn't wasn't I, It wasn't even on my amazing radar. But it was fun. Scale to one to ten. How an excited. enjoyable film. I was I, I was a nine. It's a movie where the it was a who prison. directed it. Was it no. Brett Leonard? Might no, been, it might was, have been Mulcahy. Or it something. might have, yeah, it might have been someone connected to Highlander. But no, because they wouldn't have gotten a job. Wyden, Gregory Wyden. I'm not looking. I'm not Say looking. That, look at look it up. Went on to direct The Shadow. Yeah, but the the best about Fortress is they were in that prison space or whatever, and they that it was a good idea. They implanted the prisoners with the thing in their stomach or their chest. Right. And so if they riled, got rowdy or they try to escape, they'd blow up. They blow them up. Directed by the lovely Stuart Gordon. Really? Yeah. That's why Jeffrey Combs has been it. Then. Who else was in it? This is a huge cast. Let's talk about these actors. We'll have a little speed, a little discussion. Christopher Lambert is in it. He's one of the worst actors ever. He's a horrible person. <laughs> married to Diane Lane, though. That's not bad. Still? Start. I don't think no, so. No, 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 no. Roland's now married to her. That's right. Kurtwood Smith. Great. I was right so far. Clifton Collins. Clifton Gonzalez. Go- <laughs> Clifton, <laughs> really? Clifton Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Gonzalez is in it. It's great. I think he dies in that, actually. Jeffrey Combs. Tom Tolles from Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Okay. Vernon Wells. Probably not the same Vernon Wells. I think it's the guy from Commando, isn't it? Isn't that the guy that, from Commando that died? from the Blue Jays. How old of a man is Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez, man? I mean, he's been around forever. Let me look up his page. Page. Explain that to me. No, it's different. Because he was just in Crank 2 as the, as the bad guy. Spoiler. Didn't get much to do. There were several bad guys. He's 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 uh he's uh thirty eight. He has been around for a long time. That man. He must have been acting when he was a teen. He uh, the first movie I remember him in was was obviously one eight seven. But I remember been. him from the stone the stoned age. Yep. Which is a rip off of Days and Confused. His first his first appearance was in Freddy's Nightmares. Really, A TV show. He played a Vato in Menace to Society. That is another example of bad 90s graphics. Late 80s, early 90s graphics. The show? The Crazy computer, one. yes. I Freddy's can't, Nightmares. I, can't, I never saw that show. It's it, it shot on video. It looks like ass. In, in England, uh, England, he was in it, right? He yeah, was, he was, he, it was like the... Um, host? He was like the Crypt Keeper. The Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yes, okay. And he would actually kill them, though, in the episodes. It would be him who would kill them in, indirectly. Sounds great. <laughs> And we are back. 
Little James Brown. Little Dave Wagner. Good food here. I like it. What are you eating? I'm break. eating a salad. Thank you. No, what are you really eating? What's the What's the main course? Uh, a sausage, like a Parmesan type thingy. A sausage. You having a hero? Yeah. A sausage. And a gyro. Steve was holding out for hero. I was. It showed up. What's that? What kind of dressing did you get on your salad? I got the Kaiser Caesar. Sounds good. Nick and I split. We ordered a pizza. We didn't really eat it at all, but we had some of it. What kind of pizza was that, Nick? Like a margarita sort of thing. Pretty good. What do they call it? Call some, call it something fancy. Yeah, some stupid shit. All right, so... Um, stupid WAP name. So I was flipping through the channels the other night trying to go to sleep, and a movie came on that I'm sure you guys haven't seen, but you might want to catch called Cleavage Field. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, like the softcore ver- softcore porn version of Cloverfield. Is there a monster? Yes. What does it look like? Horrible computer graphics of like a early nineties stuff. Like, you remember like Pete Dra- Pete Dragon? Yeah, that was a great. I it looks like film. it looks like Pete's Dragon, like running around. Mickey Rooney. Because it, it starts where the fuck Pete's Dragon is stupid. Um, I love that. I used to love that film. Talking about bad. bad. Helen Reddy was in that. Yeah, I used to love that movie. That was <laughs> who did 20, the voice of thirty years ago? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, so the, the it starts off with the, there's explosions in the sky, you know, like like Cloverfield, and these, you know, it's a, it's like a hand, handheld, and then the these these women in the street, and then like instead of the Statue of Liberty's head, it's Bob's big boy's head, you know that that kind yeah. of thing. And so I'm wondering how they're going to have sex because it's a softcore porn. And so what they do is they run into buildings, and then when they run into buildings, people like a guy will be like, "You can't stay here, you can't, you can't stay here. This is my, this is my shelter." And then one one of the women's like, "Well, let let's go in the back room and discuss it." So that's that's how they kind of. So it was more interesting than the real Cleverfield. Bullshit. Cleavage Field. <laughs> I looked. So, at, I just looked at a still from Cleavage Field of the monster. It's powerful. <laughs> it's it's so great. It looks like a putt putt course. Because it, uh, they couldn't. It's like it's such a joke because they couldn't even really animate it that well because it's obviously a very low budget film. So they, it's just like they have a computer, uh, cute little computer, like maybe it would be like your avatar and your IM, and then it would like it just like stomps around. It doesn't really chase them; it just kind of stomps around, and then they go into a building. I didn't see most of it. I actually fell asleep before the sex, which was, <laughs> was upsetting to me. But I saw some of the acting. And also, did you watch any of the film? <laughs> Who was in it? Anybody <laughs> interesting? Um, I don't know the actor's name. I think I think sometimes though they the guy from do Blazing Saddles, Cleavage Little. I think they actually do get actual porn stars to be in these sometimes. Well, more than likely they're real pornos. They just reshoot. I don't them. think so. I think these are actually just softcore. Porn. Sometimes they do that though. They'll, they'll shoot the they'll shoot both at the same time. Oh, okay. And they'll just set the cameras. You think there's the actually softball. a porno actual actual penetration porno called Cleavage? Well, I don't know, but sometimes they do that. Yeah. So I've heard. Who was the star, Nick? It's not even on IMDb. Is it not? That's a good title. Cleave, it is a good title. Cleavage Field. I would see that. Yeah. Not even on IMDb. But you can find it like if you Google it, right? Yes. I'm not like dreaming this. Okay. I don't know who who uh, probably best the actors you, were. Maybe best that you didn't know. Desiree Carey, Dallas Lowe, and Tylene Buck. Hmm. Tylene Buck. Nice. 
Porn names have gone to hell lately, haven't they? Tylene Buck. That's not a bad name. Steve, if you were in porn, what would your nickname? Where'd your name be? If I was in porn, my name would probably be Ron Ely. But really, I mean, thought about it. Let's see, Daggertown. <laughs> da- Daggertown. One <laughs> <laughs> word. That's the best. That's actually the best answer. Any, I well, think. Just think about it, right? If you're in excellent a, if you're in answer. A scene with a lady, and she's like, "Oh my god, I, I gotta take a trip." And you say, "Baby, you, it's time for you to take a trip to da- <laughs> the Dagger Town." <laughs> then it starts up, and then you know things happen. And then you go take a nap, go get some cereal. Be awesome because <laughs> with a name like that, with a name like that, you would have, you would actually, ha- you'd have to be a name above the title at some point. Yeah, you you would think so, wouldn't you? Dagger Town in. You name it. Whoever's in the film, I'm Dagger Town is in Dagger Town in Dagger Town. It's a masturbation video. <laughs> what would you be? Uh, I mean, how can I follow that up? Uh, very easily. Cloudy rains. Cloudy rains. Yeah, that's great. You could do the the Claude Rains playoff. Yeah, you could be in. Uh, play, uh, is it Prince John? Robin Hood porno. Obviously, the name like that. I mean, the Dagger Town would be above. Well, he he would be first build for sure. But Cl- Cloudy Rains. How about you, Nick? I'm, I'm trying to figure out which of my. Well, listen here. Dagger Town would not be in a film with Cloudy Rains. Why? Because Dagger Town works alone. Yeah. No other dudes in his films. It's just him. Really? Yep. Him and some ladies. He doesn't need any other fellas polluting the the, the pool. It's just Daggertown. What is Daggertown's like claim to fame? What is Daggertown? Like, you know, some Peter North could shoot across the room. Yep. Ron Jeremy is hideous. What what is your the old hedgehog, right? What is mine? It's not what is, Daggertown. what is Daggertown's secret weapon? Daggertown's secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> His nun inch cock. <laughs> you know what? Let me think about this. Falls asleep halfway yeah, through. Is able to produce a bowl of cereal halfway through the action, because Gross. he's already in, he's already no listen here. He, after he's spent right at the end of the, end of the scene, <laughs> Dagger Town doesn't doesn't want to do anything else except take a nap, like have a bowl of cereal, which is <laughs> comfort food to him, and then take a nap, resting up. I get it. I get it. Comfort so his, food. I get it. Comfort. His claim to fame is in the middle of a scene. Like, you know, he's pumping away. And then, off camera, a bowl of cereal appears, and it just moves, slowly moves into the frame. He starts eating the cereal because he knows as soon as he's done, it's nap time for Daggertown. So th- th- let me guess: this is the order of things: honey, nut, Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sounds about right. Daggertown, you know, he's just—he's unique. Nothing like bad you can say about him. What would uh, what would uh, Cloudy Rains' special feature be, other than interactive menus? He'd hide. He'd hide. <laughs> he'd try to he'd try to run and hide. He would hide. And then then when they when they cornered him, he'd be he'd have like a he'd have like a cover over him and he'd, he'd start have crying. to screw right. He'd start crying. Once they corner him, he has to screw. And they have to show him his contract. You have to slap it around a little bit and as he's crying. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> this is why Dagger Town <laughs> does not work with cloudy rain. <laughs> so he, so and ultimately, he's the one that has like sex under the covers and. Can we quietly. turn out the lights? <laughs> Can we get the cameras out of here? Would you please remove the porn star? <laughs> It'd be all things that if they had like a doll of the porn star, like a doll, you pull the string, he would say all that. Uh, poor Cloudy. And then and then and then he would complain too. He'd always complain like, "Why does it smell like cereal in here?" You'd have to feel bad for him. Did Dagger Town just shoot a scene? <laughs> He's a poor Cloudy Rains. He's ashamed of his profession. Could you not aim the cameras at my peep? Would be another his catchphrase. So tell me about Cleavage Field. Well, what would your porn star name be? I'd oh. probably just use one of my existing real names. It'd be like... Um, Actually, I thought someone with, with your name is a real porn star. It's Annunziata. Gay oh. porn. Who? Who? There's a, there's a porn star called Nick Annunziata. Oh, really? Um... <sighs> I think it would be Senor. It'd be like. That could be a title. Yeah. Mr. Tolbert. Senor Dippin' Sticks. That's very appropriate. Senor Dippin' Sticks. He's the one with the. Didn't he have his own theme song? He was. Remember, he's in the Star Wars, remember? He was the blood. He was the arm blood. Tina blood. He was the arm blood. That's right. Cantina Blood's another one of my names. <laughs> what would be your What would be your signature move, Nick? I think. Uh, I think the he, he would he, he was he extremely large loads like massive amounts of load, but I think also the, his signature move is that he makes every everything come out at once. <laughs> he cries. He spits, <laughs> earwax drips out, he ejaculates, he shits. <laughs> Very family friendly, friendly porn star. So after every it, shoot, they, they just shit, it would like fade on a... They call that move the Dietrich. <laughs> it, it would fade on like a load of laundry being done. The credits roll. Yeah. That should be the end of every film. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your? <laughs> That's <a> song. <laughs> that means Senor Dippin' Sticks is coming in the that room. Again? Better clear out. So yeah. do do like a little. He's uh, like, uh, uh, God, uh. Daddy, <laughs> this is the best thing I ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want some too, Honey Bun? The opening <laughs> credits of Daggertown's last film. No, this I actually I did some work and I found out what Daggertown's um <laughs> really his ejaculation noise was. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you want to know what Cloudy Rain? Cloudy yeah. Rain's. Someone is? find Cloudy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and gentlemen, because he's he's bisexual. <laughs> He's scared of both sexes. Uh, poor Cloudy Rains. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they find him. That's when they find him. They corner him. He's hiding. Uh, cleavage field. I think I've said it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. 
proud to admit, we all saw Crank. We all saw a movie, to, not it together. Nick and I saw it together. I wasn't Steve. invited. You were invited, Steve. Steve. You were invited. Actually, you backed out that morning. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it was 10.30. And then Steve, yeah, yeah we saw it in the morning. Steve, I saw it the next that day. wasn't why you backed out. You promised somebody you were going to see it with them. I did, and then I ended up not seeing it with her. You, who'd you see it with? I saw it with Will and Caesar. Oh, my God. Because she, she had, I, I had made the assumption that she wanted to see it, and then she, she tells would not, me. That's the, yeah, yeah, and then she told me later, I hated the first one. I don't want to see it. So I divorced My wife her. didn't like the first one that much either. She didn't like the. It's um, not a girl's movie. It's a guy film. She liked it okay, but she didn't like the public sex scene, which everybody kind of. My liked wife the, didn't like it either. That's the big scene that everybody right. likes. Them great, movie. a prude. Um, very funny, very good. I I didn't I wouldn't have liked that scene, but Amy Smart is so hot that it made me like it. And then I mean, also she, the scene's kind of fun. So I, I wish like she that looked too. like she did in mirrors. If she was in this film like, with missing her jaw. No, no, no. It's been great. So what did you guys think of uh, Crank 2? Everybody was kind of excited about it, and it didn't do too well in the old box office. I was disappointed. I, I thought they, they tried way too hard with this one. It was good. There's moments that are great, but I think uh, it just was kind of... It you know, those movies have no emotion and no heart and no anything like that, so it's all just like the, the adrenaline rush of it all, and it wears off. They certainly threw everything at you, though. They didn't hold back. It didn't wear off in the first one, though, and I think it's because in the first one, I, I think they had better, kind of a better villain than the first one. I think that guy was pretty good. He was funny. He was funny, and this one they didn't really have that. Although they did have Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez, who we love, but he he really didn't do much, right? I mean, he just kind of he just sat there looking looking all funny. What did you guys think of Violin? I thought annoying. Yeah, when they I kind of liked her. I thought she would. I like her. I like her 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 fearlessness. Yeah, but uh, her dialogue was horrible, and it was I mean it was intentionally meant to be like a bastardization. It was just. It, it rang too easy. It was like too easy jokes. The subtitles were funny, though. I thought she did a good job. Um, for a film that I like Biling, though. I like people that can speak more than one language. For a film that was an hour 25, it felt like three hours. You thought it was pretty long? It, it really dragged on to me in the middle of the film. I thought, that's how I felt about Rain of Fire. Drag on, dragged on. That's how I, that's how <laughs> I thought about Dragon Slayer. Thanks, Steve. Yes. <laughs> Subtlety <laughs> That's how I thought about Dragon Slayer. Whenever it's on TV, God, Rain of Fire. I didn't like. Um, I didn't like uh, when they when they went away from Chef Chelios. I thought it lost its steam. Yeah, they kind of did that a little too much. Carradine's character was silly and pointless. Yeah, but he was barely in it. I, in fact, I didn't know it was him. And actually, I didn't. I didn't catch that it was a uh, uh, motherfucking. Uh, God damn it! I didn't realize it was him. Dwight Yoakam? No, no. Uh, Corey. Uh, Corey Haim. Yeah, Haim. What? I didn't. Re- I didn't recognize. He him. was in it. Yes. Who did he play? He played Randy, the her boyfriend, with or the her mullet with the Billy Ray that Cyrus. That was Corey Haim, the yeah. guy that she beat up through against the, the car. Oh, I didn't recognize him. I knew he looked familiar. I didn't know where I knew him from. Yep. Halfway through, I asked Willis, "Who the hell is that?" He said, "It's Corey Haim, you idiot." Fuck. Sorry. Well, I would have known. I can't believe that he actually got he actually got more than one line of dialogue. They actually yeah. made him a character in that movie. He did all right in it. He was okay, but unnecessary. His brain's all messed up from the drugs, I believe. But he did okay. Yeah. But I agree though. Once it went away from Statham, it was. But there was some great stuff in it. I just don't think they had. The, it wasn't as connected uh, as the first one was. The first one was just kind of like really, really fun the whole way through. This one had its moments. I laughed an awful lot at this film, though. But yeah. no, it's good. There it's got were, a lot of fun stuff. It just, it was a lot. Those you guys were really. Out. I liked the way that they make this the, the crank movies, and I liked Statham a lot. It was the only role that he has was kind of like he actually gets to have his own like persona. Yeah. Because the transport movies are bland as fuck. So. I was hoping that this would kind of build on it, but it obviously isn't. I mean, they, they they took everything that worked in the first one and they cranked it, no pun intended, up like a lot more. 
There was some great stuff. They there threw was. everything at you, though. It's nothing in this. Like I, I want, I would want to see an uncut version of Crank Two. Like, That's what? how my porn character is like. That throws everything at you. What did they? What did they cut out of this film to get an R rating? He cries, he pukes, shits, pretty, comes. It was pretty graphic. He comes and pisses at the same time. Does which he is ever fucking weird? Does he pray in the middle? Pray is not. You don't. You don't excre- excrete prayers. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <clears throat> so no, it was it was it was fun. I just it was okay. I thought. Did anybody else see State of Play? No, because it's a very good movie, and it needs your support. Of course you didn't see it, you fucking idiots. I saw the original. Even more reason to see the new one. Why? It's quite good. I know what happens. Maybe maybe after this, you'll pronounce Ben Affleck's name right. Ben Affleck? <laughs> uh, you're such a... You love... I love uh, it. You love Affleck. You really do like that guy. And the Affleck tones. Um, Steve, what are you doing? I hear rustling. He's eating salad still. Give me salad of air. I saw um, I saw the movie Moon. Yeah, let's talk about your Moon. Atlanta Film Festival is playing here, and they actually had a, they actually showed the new uh, Sam Rockwell sci-fi movie that people are, I think are sort of anticipating, aren't they? People yeah, who directed of, it? Um, I I can't remember the guy's name. I think it's da- his name is Duncan something. His he's That's David stupid. Bowie's son. Oh, because Duncan's a dumb name. Don't oh. tell He-Man. Isn't that He-Man's name? That's Adam. Who's Duncan's Duncan? Duncan's man at arms. Yeah. Oh, don't tell. Well, don't don't tell He-Man either, because Prin- aren't they Prince Adam. Duncan, but Duncan, what's man at arms last name? Duncan. Beauregard. No, I don't. You don't, I don't think he's got one. Hines. <laughs> Duncan Arms. <laughs> he uh. Anyway, so yeah, it was. A, it's a basically if you, the, the movie is that he's in. Um, Rockwell's in this space you know, on this moon base, and he's he's there to kind of oversee this mining of these minerals on the moon that gets sent back to Earth, and he's the only one there. And it's a three-year contract, and so he's at two weeks shy of leaving, and he's kind of crazy. He's like he starts seeing things. He doesn't want to be there anymore, but he's got two weeks before they come pick him up. Sounds great. And he. Uh, he interacts with this robot played voiced by Kevin Spacey named Gertie, who kind of is his helper. You know, she helps around the right. And so as he's doing this, um, he's kind of he thinks he's kind of hallucinating and and uh, and so he keeps seeing things and he gets in this accident and then the movie kind of takes off from there. Like he, everything just starts getting really strange and so it's kind of a mystery. It's not like a, I thought it was gonna be maybe a kind of more of a horror film or like a. You know, something like that. But it's really kind of a, a character piece. It's really neat. I mean, Who I think people really it? like it. Hmm? Is there anybody else in it? Uh, no. I mean, no. I mean, it's it's all rock. It's pretty much all Rockwell and then Spacey. Spacey's characters. I mean, his the, the robot's great. I think you'll get a kick out of it, Nick, because it's got like it's just this big boxy thing that moves through the base, like it's kind of hanging from, the, and it's got like this little computer monitor that shows like a smiley face <laughs> as he's talking, and then whenever. He gets confused. It just changes like it has like emoticons. But you think it would be dumb, but it really works. It's really funny. And there's this great scene when he's trying to, it's actually trying to console Sam Rockwell, and Sam Rockwell's kind of piecing things together. It has this really funny expression. I thought it was great. But um, it's got a really nice design to it. Like it's really a pretty movie to look at. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think it costs no mo- Like it must have been really cheap to make. I, you love Sam Rockwell. How's he? I mean, I'll, he's he's excellent, actually. I think. I mean, he he never disappoints. I don't think. So he's 
if you're a Sam Rockwell fan, it's definitely a movie to see. He's got a couple movies that this that are coming out this year that that look really good. Like he has a um, a movie about where he coaches like a high school ba- basketball team that that looks pretty good. That sounds stupid. Um, well, I'm glad we can d- agree on that. And then he's in some movie. He's in like some animated like he's voicing some animated character, of course. He's he's working like crazy, that man. Is this fi- is this the animated Safe Men that they're doing? I wish. Steve, how do you like Sam Rockwell? I think he's great. I especially like um, his "Somebody's Watching Me" song. I, I knew you were gonna go there. God damn it! Seriously, do you know who Sam Rockwell is? What the fuck's that supposed to mean? Yes, he's great. If you're not on board with Sam Rockwell, you need to rent "Lawn Dogs," which is a kind of a under. You get to see his. his you get to see his yes, his peep. Charlie's Angels. Um, Charlie's no, he, Angels. he's really good in, in that. Charlie's and, Angels, and actually has a good performance by. Uh, Misha Barton in it. You talking about Alessandro Nivola? No. And then uh, Lawn Dogs and then Box of Moonlight, which is a Tom DeSilla film that's kind of John Turturro and Rockwell. Pretty good. Ha, what, what, who was Rockwell in Charlie's Angels? He was the villain in the first Charlie's Angels. You remember he was dancing? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. That was funny. I'm he, the idiot. He was a good guy, and then he kind of turned evil, and the way they showed him turning evil was he was kind of he was dancing, remember? That was pretty good. Right, was that the first one? Yes. Okay. He was great in the... The, the biopic he was in. Yeah. Fashions uh, of a Dangerous. Yes. That was a, I thought that was a great movie. Yes. He's good in most everything. I was a little disappointed with Choke, but not because of him. Yeah, Choke, I, it was kind of... Um, it's. I think the material is, is not necessarily the best. Uh, it's okay, that movie. He's Moon, definitely entertaining. Moon sounds great. I'm going to have to... Box Moon. Yeah, you, you'd like that. I think it's going to be released. I mean, I, mean, I think it's going to play. Steve's a huge fan of movies where there's a, emoticons. On boxes. Saturn 3 had emoticons all over it. I don't know if I sold that movie well, but I think people will really like it. You um, know what we should do? We should do like our own cleavage field. Four. We could do emoticon air. <laughs> <laughs> it could work. I'll encourage him. Um, they do have those humping emoticons. You've seen those, haven't you? Hell yeah. You've seen Part those. The emoticons where the, like, they pour the pitcher of beer in their mouths. I'm sick of that one. You tired of that one? I'm sick of it. When did when did you finally reach your limit on that one? You finally, like, I had it up to here with that beer drinking emoticon. <laughs> tired of it because he, he drinks the beer and he, like, then he turns to the other one and throws it up in the other one's face. I'm so sick of the one that tired of that one. The emoticon that turns to the side and has the big red lips and little love like little love hearts. I hate the emoticon that turns into a, a Volkswagen and then it drives Shia LaBeouf around. <laughs> Except the emoticon that gives you the, the they, devil's horns and they, they had, someone has had to do that parody online. The emoticons versus Decepticons. Do you think so? If not, Nick, I think we know what we're gonna do. A little viral video, a virus video, and at the end it'll say, "Download the Chud Podcast," starring Nick, Steve, and Justin. All day long. We could do it. Day long was really good in Crank too. Who? Day Long, the actress. Bay Ling. Bay your chair. How to assassinate this show? Bay Ling is cute in a way. She's uh, in her forties, I believe, and she does look good. She looks good for a for a kind of a. She just needs to loosen up. <laughs> Where did she? What was she? Kind of was she a Sky Captain? Was that? Yes, her? she was. Yeah. So what? 
Um, yeah, that guy on, uh, I think Devin had an article on site, but that guy on Slash Film said that Sky Captain, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face, that Sky Captain was one of the most influential movies in the last 10 years. <laughs> influential on Carrie Conran? Nice. Wasn't she also in. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you serious that somebody said that? Why, yes. anybody, why would somebody? Yeah, the make last that up? yeah, because the, there was a big article from like Time or something. They talked about the, the the top ten most influential movies of all time. So he decided to go back ten years, and, and he just, see, it influenced the studio not to greenlight Princess he, of Mars. <laughs> he just, influenced he, studio not to hire Carrie Conran. He decided to uh, to say that name that Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow was one of the most influential movies of the last ten years. I'd say it had probably about the same influence as Cleavagefield had. He also named Coraline. Coraline? Coraline? Yeah. That did well. Although everybody I know that's seen it didn't like it. Well, everybody I know that's seen it that isn't like a, a Neil Gaiman nerd. Anyway, Scott Captain Nick, I don't know if you remember, but we uh, we cut the first screen of that at Comic-Con yeah. together. I still wear my shirt. I like my shirt. <laughs> so the poster. What did you think of that screen? We liked the, mo- we liked the movie. Yeah, the screen. Really Actually, the first screen I hated because I fell asleep. I was so tired that night. It was mm-hmm. midnight. I wanted to be away. I wanted to be... I wanted to be Away from Carrie Conran. What's Carrie Conran doing these days? He writes for Slash Film. <laughs> he, he, uh, how's his career looking? Like our summer. He, uh, just got a new computer, so we might get a new movie. <laughs> <laughs> Designed the whole movie on his computer. Steve. It's a nice. What do you want? Why haven't you seen State of Play? It's a movie you would love. I just haven't gotten around to it. I've been too busy watching Knowing. <laughs> you did go see Knowing. I did go see Knowing. I knowing saw Knowing big... and I saw I Love You Man, same day. Okay, let's hear it. I've seen I Love You Man too, so I can compete. I have a Nick Cage tangent because we're going to talk about Knowing. Can you remind me after we start ta- stop talking about Knowing to go off on a tangent real quick? <laughs> Nicholas Cage is a nightmare of a man. That's not my tangent. But Steve, please tell us about knowing, and please actually spoil knowing. I have no idea what it's about. Here's the thing, right? They, they, it's a squid in the bathtub. So the, this, this chick back in the fifties is, uh, she's she's like a prophet. She's able to foresee future disasters. So one day during class, they're going to be laying down a, uh, a time capsule. So the teacher has everybody draw a picture for the people in the future. So fifty years, they can open the capsule and have a look and see what the, your dumbass kids in the fifties drew. So this chick decides she's going to start writing all these numbers down. So they throw it in the time capsule. Fifty years later, Nicolas Cage's kid is the one that picks the the little oh they dig it up. Mm-hmm. So Nicolas Cage is some kind of biochemist teacher professor. Of course he is. So he figures it out within like a, a day. And realizes, yeah. oh my god, this this kid in the fifties was prophetic. Uh, it's bull, It's all bullshit though. <laughs> what happened? Turns out the angels come. They take all the kids, kill everybody on Earth. Drop two kids off on another planet, repopulate that planet like it's Adam and Eve, and that's it. Everybody dies in the film except these two kids. Are you serious? I kid you not. Well, no, maybe there may be more kids, but they the angels come just for the you kids. You said the ending was the worst part. That sounds like the best part. No, the second half of the film is complete shit. So wait, wait, wait. They kill Nicolas Cage? They kill everybody on Earth. Yes, Nicolas Cage takes the loss. Did they sh- they show him die? Yes. How does he die? He goes back to his he's uh, his his parents were uh, his father's a minister, but he's estranged from his father. So he goes home to them, and it shows them in the living room. They're all hugging, and then the wave of heat, because there's like a solar flare from the sun, is going to eradicate the earth. He's 
gonna see it. No, no, you don't. The first half though, the film is not bad. Yeah. But the second half just it completely contradicts everything in the first half. It's it's and so in very poorly, very Nicholas Cage poorly put together. His name in the movie is Jeff Knowing, right? It. <laughs> I don't remember what his name is. Personally. So what? What do the angels look like? Do they look like they're like ethereal, like spiritual? They do. At the very end, they do. They show their true form. And do they take his son? The angels drive around in cars in this film. Do they take his son? Yeah, they take his son and they take. Uh, a and Daggertown. Girl. They take Daggertown and his son. <laughs> Drop him off on the they moon. They do not take Daggertown. They show him getting murdered too. Yeah, so, so very tragic. They show the last, the, one of the final scenes is Daggertown is eating cereal as the w- heat wave. <laughs> they, they take He's the been des- estranged from it. They take the design time. of the alien ship from the Book of Ezekiel, where he says he saw, it was like a, a spinning wheel in the sky. <laughs> and so, the spaceships, the alien craft or the angels' craft, is like this massive wheel within a wheel within another wheel. Yeah. And so. They, they just come down. First of all, they get in their cars and they drive around and they kidnap the kids, right? And then they drive their cars down to the uh, little the point where their ships are, get out the car, take the kids, put them in the, the spaceship. Nicholas Cage shows up and he confronts the angels like, what are you doing taking my kids? And then they say, your kids are the future of humanity. Yeah, but both of them are his kids? No, just it, it was his girlfriend that he met. He met yeah, no, it wasn't. So your, kid, your kids... Wait, wait, son and wait, another girl. More importantly, Steve, when did Ezekiel Astacio write a book? <laughs> he wrote it with his face. <laughs> with his face print. Okay. So Nicholas Cage plays uh, Jeff Knowing. He plays Je- Jeffrey Knowing. And uh, yeah. so I, it doesn't sound like there would be much of a s- room for a sequel. There is no sequel at all. Yeah, and so there's a big, I heard there's a big, like, airplane, kind of airplane crash in this. this there is. Well, it cool. was very well, that was what, that was in the first half of the film. Yeah. That was well done. Yep. And it was predicted. The, if, I, if I remember correctly, like it doesn't kill all the creatures on Earth, just the people and the birds. It, it cuts off their flying apparatus, which <laughs> is the title of the film, right? <laughs> oh, an anti-McCartney film. Um, so here's people. the Nicolas Cage tangent. I was watching Gone in 60 Seconds. This weekend, a little bit, is on TV in HD. Thank you for the blurb. In HD. Um, just, and th- that movie is maybe worse than you remember, by the way. That's even worse. They use the black light, though. Um, so, at the end, of the, you know, the, who's the bad guy in the movie? Christopher Eccleston. Of right? course he is. Doesn't he like to do furniture shit, too? His, he's the guy in the movie that, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm bringing up. He's the guy in the movie that. He he's the one that says you got to steal like fifty cars or I'm gonna kill your brother. And so they steal fifty cars. And Nicholas Cage is la- late with the last car and he and he goes, well I'm not gonna kill your brother. I'm gonna kill you. They take Cage out to kill him. He gets away. You know, Will Patton saves him. And so he confronts Christopher Eccleston, who I guess, like you said and you remember, is into furniture. He loves Whitland furniture together. He loves making furniture. And so at the end of the movie, as Nicholas Cage is gonna beat up Eccleston, he grabs a chair that he was making and Eccleston's like no and, and Nicholas Cage says that's right you love you love wood and he per- proceeds to shatter the wood oh right you know and so then Eccleston's like no no you think that was ad-libbed no it's just to me it's like you don't get a great villain that likes furniture very often <laughs> you know like they wrote that in there I thought that was great and then of course Eccleston dies um, he gets killed but before that he was tortured by well, don't worry about it in knowing furniture getting hurt the only villain is really the son. 
because there's a massive solar flare that kills everybody. So you don't really have a villain. So it's a religious movie, though, with the angels and shit? Yeah. Yep. Or they're either angels or they're aliens. It's this un... No one, I mean, they don't really explain it. Difference. They resemble alien, aliens because they have the, the big wings, but you don't really know if they're just showing the humans what they want to see. They part, can you tell me what part of the movie um, knowing was influenced by Sky Captain? Did you catch any of the... Yes, I did. It was the way... Cause at the end, right, the kid uh, Nicolas Cage's son has a pet rabbit, and he don't want to leave the rabbit behind, so the aliens say, or the angels say, yes, you can bring the rabbit with you. That was influenced by Sky Captain. So on the new planet. So it's a, a chick, a little kid, and a rabbit. Sounds like the beginning of a joke. No. Chick, a rabbit, and, and, and a little kid go, and to, some a, angels. go to a planet. Yep. There's two little kids and a rabbit on an alien world. So they, did the, the, ki- the kids uh, kill themselves when they got there? Because no, that would be they kind ran of a scary trip. And then you're, no. you're, you have no parents anymore. And they ran towards the Tree of Life. There's this massive tree. That resembles the tree of life from the fountain. Did the angels were the angels kind enough to bring technology with them and stuff? They dropped the kids off and then pissed off. I mean, they're driving around. Cars. Why didn't the aliens stay with them? Aren't they like they loving? Left. They left. I don't. I didn't write the damn thing. They don't love. They don't love. It's not just those two kids though. It turns out they don't explain it, but you see other alien ships dropping other kids off in the other parts <laughs> of the planet. This is Brian Peppers's <laughs> plan all along. <laughs> So it's all children, and I suppose that the children are going to repopulate this, Peppersfield. this second Earth. Hopefully, they'll get. Hopefully, once that Earth is destroyed, they'll have to re, you know, reconvene on Third Earth. So basically, <laughs> the angels who built a Bible ship, they yes. flew the fuckers there, and they said, "Start fucking." <laughs> exactly Kids, right. start fucking. Yep. Did they? Uh, did they have fuck, any? Fuck like this bunny. Watch this bunny, and then fuck like. Exactly right. Did they have any pop songs on the soundtrack? No. It was shit. Bit original music? Yes, but it was boring. Gonna drop you off on a faraway planet. Gonna populate with your quasi sister. It's not his sister. Hope you don't. Quasi, because it was his girlfriend's daughter. Right? No, well, I guess I shouldn't really have said it was his girlfriend. He meets her, like near the end of the film, meets the the mother, because the mother is the daughter of the little girl from the beginning, fifty years in the past. Who's, who the, wrote, who's that actress? Uh, it's Rose Byrne. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I think remember. I think she's in it. She's it. she's cute, right? It might be Rose Byrne then. I can't remember. Oh, I mean, everything burned with a solo flare. Indeed. Oh, she gets killed. She gets hit by a, a truck. <laughs> even live to see the end of the world. Does she? Her kid gets kidnapped by the aliens. Right. So angels. the aliens drive Angel, up. Angels. In, angels. I'm sorry. The angels drive up in their car, jump out of their car, yeah. get into her car while she's inside the gas station. The only reason they're called angels is because... The anal probe is a little bit, it's a little bit more understand. Okay, I'll, I'll let an angel put it in. It's just hilarious. The whole a- imagery of aliens driving around in a little car. So she gets in her, she she steals a truck and chases the alien. She's freaking out. She runs through red light and a, and a massive eighteen uh, wheeler crushes her. And she says, "I'm not gonna get to see my 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 new my preteen daughter getting fucked like a fucking crazy jackhammer in outer space." Yeah, that's uh, a good. bit of a downer. Life's good when you're not watching your baby fuck. Um. So anyway, the, he was really, <laughs> he was really, didn't want to see his furniture get hurt. How's Nicholas's hair in uh, knowing? It's uh, not bad compared to everything else. It's looks like a normal haircut for him. He had the best hair in Gone in 60 Seconds. I, I know we talked about how people talk about his hair a lot, but his 
he had kind of bleach blonde hair. I never, I don't really remember seeing him blonde too often. Nick Cage. It seems like his face is getting longer. <laughs> That'd be like sad. it's stretching. When you old, when you get old, parts of your shit grow. Your ears. Well, I know this, but fucking mind. It's like his face is really. Like gravity is taking hold of his jaw and just started pulling down on it. Mm-hmm. You're right, Cage. Cage. You know though. what? It's still on. Unf- it's not. It's not harsh enough treatment for Nicolas Cage. He used to be just fantastic. That guy. I really just. He was like my little Rockwell back in the day. Now he's he's just horrible. Now he's like Eddie Murphy. That's tragic. He's horrible. He's horrible. His presence in a movie is just a. a it's like every movie you kind of you're content. like you're like I hope this is it. I hope Nick, old Nicholas Cage is back. But I can't believe we no one saw Bangkok Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Because he apparently had amazing hair in that. Well, you saw that tra- he had Gene Simmons hair. You saw the trailer for that. I tried to go see that. Actually, <laughs> the, the times never worked out. Like in the middle of the day. Yeah. That was a sequel to Betty Davis Eyes, right? He's got Gene Simmons hair. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Tyler Dane or something. He'll rape your daughter <laughs> while you watch. Paint his face and dust your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, Gene Simmons' uh, Gene Simmons' new uh, Dr. Pepper commercial. Are you kidding me? No. I can't believe he's selling something. Son Dr. Pepper, and he calls himself the original doctor. Dr. And then his Love. son comes out to reprimand him for for being so cheesy in the commercial, for for saying like the words weird. The son of Gene Simmons comes out. Nick, Nick Simmons. Is their show still on the air? I never watched it. I imagine everything's on there, so I imagine it is. <laughs> they don't cancel anything anymore. Everything gets to stay. Say that to Josh Whedon. Or definitely reality shows get this day. Ugh. As long as you want. How, do they have like a real housewives for every city in the world now? They're trying to. You watching that? Yeah. Catherine is? Unfortunately. Well. I watch 90210 every week, so. What are, what is that reality? Do? Nope. Kind of. Steve, what, what, what is your guilty pleasure on television? Highlander. So you admit it's horrible. No, I love it. What's give me some give us some more recent I can't believe people don't listen to our show more. Because we uh, talk about knowing actually, for a half my hour. Pleasure is Food Network. I, I watch the hell out of that show. Or the well, show, the channel. Yeah, what, what do you like on there? The top like, Chef? I like everything on there. They have Top Chef or that on a network? That's not, that's, that's not on that one. What's your favorite show there on there though? Really? Um Hmm. I like Bobby Flay's uh, Throwdown with Bobby yeah. Flay. Bobby Flay's is this uh, very famous chef, right? So his Ar- deal, horrible name. His deal is he goes. He's from New York. His deal is he goes from town to town to the most prominent restaurants, whatever they're known for. He challenges them that he can make their signature dish better. Applebee's. <laughs> so he um, like there was there was one time he went to New York and he made he uh, uh like someone was known for like the, the best pizza in town. So he challenges them that he can. Match their pizza, like make it exactly like them and make it a little bit better. Okay. And so at the end of the show, they have a, a taste test. Yeah. And that's it. Did he win? Does he win every show? He does not win every show. Yeah, he's he lost that pizza one. He lost that one. 
Stacy, uh, my wife kind of likes those shows, so she didn't like Bobby Flay too much. He's, he's from a, New York, right? He's, or an, he, oh, he's an ass. Yeah. yeah, I love him though. He's great. He's always on the Iron Chef. Yeah, he is one of one of the Iron Chefs. He's he like the, he'll stand up on the like equipment. And stuff. He's over there with Mark Dacascos. Yeah. yeah, he is an arrogant bastard, and I love. Why him. is Mark Dacascos on the Iron Chef? He plays the chairman, the one who because they pay him. Yeah, I think do we do do we talk about this last show? No, we talked about it off air. At least I don't I don't know the last show. Who cares? He plays the chairman. Who introduces the? I thought that was Christopher Ecclestone. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He introduces the contestants and then the Iron no, Chef. No, not he, the chair. But it's great though. He he gets to overact extraordinarily. Well, that's what they, that's kind of the mo of that, yeah. that that character. I so that I guess my guilty pleasure is the Food Network. Stupid. Steve is a gay cyborg. We're back here, and this time we're going to kick. A lot of ass because it's the DVD collection time. So, so first up on the docket then, uh, Nick gets home and he opens the mail up and it's like the, the greatest thing I've ever he's ever seen. It's a joy to behold. It's Dallas season eleven. So you flip it over, read the back, and this is what happens. You want to hear it? I can't wait to hear it. Want to know what it says on the back of the DVD for Dallas season eleven? Yes. 1987. Why? 88, 87. What the fuck? It's Dallas. Whenever it, it happened, it was stupid. Let's hear it. Dallas season 11. The, the headline is, it's J.R. Ewing versus the world. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Put your money on J.R. I think this was the season that got canceled. No, it ended in 92. They're telling you to bet on J.R. It ended in 92, didn't it? Go ahead, then. He's against the world. You also a driving Edsel. Oh. JR may be down, but he's never out. After Ewing Oil collapsed in disgrace at the end of Season 10, some folks might expect Season 11 to feature a JR who's learned his lesson. But not Dallas fans. They know the only lesson JR ever learned was do unto others before they do unto you. So hang on to your Stetsons for 30 irresistible episodes of Cheatin', Lion, and Tomcatting as JR claws his way back to the top. Hold on. Pause. Back in the day, that's how long the freaking seasons were, 30 episodes. What are they now, like 12 or 13? Well, show around like 24 episodes. Like if, unless you get like a specially network show, like they'll run 13. That's, oh, okay. that, I mean, keep in mind, in 1990, they went to – they trim, they streamlined it down to spring – Summer, fall, and winter down from spring, Ronald, Jocktober, <laughs> Smile Bag, Summer, Tendril Cheeps. All right. Well, sorry to have uh, interrupted you there. Continue with season 11 of Dallas. Donald 2. Sister. Bottom tooth. More drama. Bobby loses Pam but finds new romance. Cliff meets a broken down wildcatter with dreams of gusher... <laughs> Gusher Glory. <laughs> Wait, is this the new Daggertown film? Sue Ellen discovers that revenge is sweet. Two murder cases grab headlines. And a new crop of drop-dead gorgeous vamps with big schemes and bigger hair make life even more interesting for JR. That's the season 11 of Dallas. That is promising. In alphabetical order, here are your stars. <laughs> Barbara Belgettis of the Belgettis fortune. Patrick Duffy, excellent. Who's a fuck up? <laughs> Linda, <laughs> he's a man from Atlantis. 
Linda Gray, whose the, the last name is fitting. Larry Hagman. Steve Canali. I think he's the guy you're making fun of his face, Steve. Really? That guy's messed up. Howard Keel. I think he died. You know what that means. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't make fun of Hagman's last name. It's perfect. Ken Kercheval. Priscilla Belay Presley. Well, so what are you thinking? Thinking this is season 11 of Dallas. Outstanding. And then you got uh, season 9 of The Waltons. I'm really toying <laughs> if I should send this to somebody or just keep it for myself. Which one, Dallas? Yeah. Do you want to see the Tom? Well, read Cat the Walton. If he gets that, let's let's get the let's, let's go back two years. Want me to read the eleven to nine? And let's see what the Waltons were up to. This was the final season of the Waltons. Okay, here's nineteen eighty-two. Headline: Good night, Waltons. The inspired and inspiring last season of the beloved series. Here's your here's your text. Nine years I was on. Yeah, I, I, I it seems to me it was on for like twenty. For nine seasons, from nineteen seventy-two to nineteen eighty-one, the Walton family was America's family. That is the truth. Viewers' hearts were captured by the story of John and Olivia Walton. Their seven children, grandpa and grandma, as they faced the Depression and World War II with not much more than a love of the land and the rock-solid support of one another. This final season is the ideal capstone to the Emmy-honored and lovingly remembered series. The Walton boys endured terrifying dangers in Europe and the Pacific, then gracefully returned to Walton's Mountain, where the war ends and their boners increase. Fucking boring. Peace brings oh new God. challenges, but also new beginnings, and for many of the family, young and old, new love. <laughs> Episodes include the one where they share a goodnight kiss, <laughs> the one where the muskrat has his way with the daughter, and where they build a house in the shape of a vagina. <laughs> Walton. You'll never forget the Waltons, unless was... you have Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> who who uh, was Hell. the who was the guy on there? Richard what? Richard Thomas. Richard no, Thomas. Ralph Waite. No, Richard Thomas, the guy with the huge mole on his cheek. Yeah, he wasn't on this show. Yeah, he was not in this one. John Boy. He's he not on left, it now. He may have left. He had already taken a big walk. A film career. But you, who was his name? Richard what? I think it was Richard Thomas, wasn't it? Or Thomas. Kind of like Lauren Thomas Dean, but with a horrible disfigurement. I think it's Thomas. He had a huge mole. Remember? Do you think? Do you think I should keep the Waltons? No, you have to keep Dallas. I saw a movie, or a Lifetime movie, that Richard Thomas, was, let's just say it's Thomas. I think it's Thomas. It was on, and maybe you've seen it. Uh, he goes on vacation with his wife. Oh, I used Madison. to have a crush on this girl. Right. Remember? Do you ever see this movie? No. They go to the beach, and uh, they roll with a, new, a, a different couple of newlyweds, which is Ted McGinley and uh, his wife. Why didn't I see it? Ted McGinley. What show great. is this? This is a movie, Lifetime. So anyway... Ted McGinley and Virginia Madison, you know, Richard Thomas' wife, Virginia Madison, they start kind of like, they're flirting all the time, they're kind of yeah. going, and so all of a sudden they're kind of a couple on this trip, and then Richard Thomas is like, what the hell is my wife? And he feels jilted, he thinks they're having an affair, so then all of a sudden him and his wife, him and the Ted McGinley's wife, they kind of start spending time together as kind of jilted lovers. They're, they're making time, right? They sleep together, not after they do anything funny, but he wakes up, and... um he wakes up in Virginia Mass and point blank shoots the woman and kills her. And the rest of the movie he's trying to they're they're trying to figure out like and the cops think he killed everybody, you know, it's like Why a did you mystery. watch this? I've seen it twice. <laughs> because I've seen this two Ted, times in my life. Because of Ted McGinley. Um, Richard Thomas is dreadfully boring. 
But that's I think that's what her excuse was at the end. Is she was married boring, so she had to figure out a way out. Ted McGinley was the key. Mole. Richard Thomas is extremely boring. He was on an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Fuck you. After he left Walton. Why do you know that shit? I saw it. The mole I, do it? He had a huge, he's a huge mole. I used to watch Murder, She Wrote back in the day. I come home from school, put on some Murder, anyway, She Wrote. Anyway, they got, he got, he cleared <laughs> himself at the end. He, he figured, you know how he did it? I have no clue. The old, I just recorded this conversation oh, on the dark pier. Got you to admit everything, but I was recording the whole time trick. You don't remember the name, but you've seen it twice? Had a bit of Hallmark. Movie. It's on a beach. It's like some kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's pleasure, pleasure beach. Sounds hot. Shotgun beach, something like that. How long ago did it come out? Like ten years, maybe, maybe longer, a little longer. Say ninety six, ninety. Let's let's say ninety seven. What are you looking at? His career? Yeah. All right, hold on. Actually, we're gonna break and then we're gonna cover the career of Richard Th- Richard Thomas. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dick Thomas section of our show. A man who's been working for thousands of years since 1957. Is that he was he was born in 57? Parents are Joseph, there's no Oliver way. Thomas, and Daggertown. <laughs> that explains was, a lot. But he was he's older. He's older than 57. Like he's older than. When, well, he had to been on the Waltons. When was he born? In the 40s. He was in the Waltons in, the, in 75. So he'd have been like what? 18? He's born. I bet you he's probably in his. 50s or 60s? 60s, maybe. His first, uh, his first, I'm going to just go through some of his shows. It's a lot of TV, which doesn't really count. His first real big role, I think we'll agree, was in the TV series A Flame in the Wind in 1964. Richard Thomas. That was with Cloudy Rains, wasn't it? Was it? I think so. You actually have heard of it? Yeah, A Flame in the Woods. <laughs> a Flame in the Wind. Oh. <laughs> it was a sequel to it Flame in the, the Woods. <laughs> That's right. Cloudy Rains was in the Flame in the Woods. <laughs> I like how Nick forgot already with Cloudy Rains. He's like, how do you know? Really? Oh my God. Cloudy Rains isn't that? <laughs> what? An idiot. Spent- he said Claude Rains. <laughs> and I'm fucking looking because I think he said Claude Rains. <laughs> Spent the entire mo- movie running away from Richard Thomas's mole. <laughs> so scared of it. And they corner him. And they show corner him, him his contract. And show his contract. <laughs> start slapping that meat alive. Cloudy. God damn it. Okay. After Flame in the Woods, what's next? He appeared on As the World Turns. Of course. He's mainly on TV. He doesn't do too many movies. Bonanza. Marcus Welby. A lot of TV. Lots of. He, he was also in A Cactus in the Snow. Sequel to a flame in the woods. Exactly. He was in September 30th, 1955. Okay. Man, he sucked. His first, I mean, his first, yeah, I mean, obviously the Walton's is what made him. He was in All Quiet on the Western Front, the TV version. Well, I mean, he's got to be something that, that is uh, recognizable besides the Walton's. But he was in It, wasn't he? He wasn't It. God, what? he was, yeah, he was. Was he on Murder, She Wrote, or was I wrong? I'm not there yet. I'm in the... Of course, he was a murderous wrote. He lives on TV. He's in every show. Seems like I remember. Wonder him if he now. directs TV now. That would seem like something he would be doing. He's not. I don't, I don't see murder. She wrote on here. It's like I was wrong then. God, that's Did, awesome. Steve imagined him on murder. She wrote. <laughs> it was some other actor with a mole. I wrote a fan, a fan piece, a fan script. God, he's horrible. He was in Battle Beyond the Stars. Okay. 
I'm gonna let's see if we can find the name of your movie. Okay. I'm just gonna go through. Well, you heard me describe it, right? The, it was like a beach. So yeah, I'm looking at the. So you had you have to figure out from the titles. Mid nineties. I'm gonna okay. I'll tell you. I'm gonna cross. I'm gonna cross. Um, I'm gonna cross Berlin Tunnel Twenty One off the list. Okay, that's not it. I'm gonna cross to find my son. Ooh, Final Jeopardy. Na- but that name could apply to that kind of. It a could film. it could. And in fact, it sounds. No, I don't think it is though. No, that one features Dennis Farina. Thank God. That's the one where he falls asleep and wakes up with Dennis Farina on the beach. <laughs> Just think of it. It's it's a it's a beach. It's like a beach murder setup, starring Ted McGinley. And then th- that's then let the title kind of come, come to you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cross off Andy Colby's Incredible Adventure. It's part of the film Beach Beach Murder. I'm gonna cross off the Easter Story. Definitely not it. I'm gonna cross off Glory Glory. It makes fun of him, but he's been working consistently. Oh, he yeah, works all the time. I'm gonna cross off Andre's Mother. Yeah, that was he's... a good film. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he's working on. I'm gonna cross like. off Mission of the Shark, the saga of the USS Indianapolis. Common ground is too bland. I don't think it is. I think I'd recognize it if you said it, though. Although they were sleeping on common ground on the beach. Nope, that's the one with CCH Pounder. Okay, as you as you flip through these movies, think of him him waking up to see Virginia Madison holding a shotgun, and then. Well, I found it. I found it. What? Yes, Virginia, there's a Santa Claus. (laughs) Who's afraid of Virginia Madison? She blows, <laughs> the, she blows the woman away. The Virginia monologues. And then she blows Ted McGinley away. And for, he, for like, being on Married with he, Children. She shoots and then he goes into the ocean, I think, is what happens. But he's really not dead. So what about trick. so the Invaders is not the one? Because that one's probably space. Space. That's the um, update of the old show. Okay. And they set him up. They the set 60s. him up. Ooh. Virginia Madison sets him Precious up. victims? Can't be. I don't think so. No, this one this one has got a great cast. Glenn Moore shower. Great cast, but but no Virginia Madsen. I'm a little worried. But here it is. You think I'm making it up? I think I found it. It's just like my murder sheet. Lincoln. Phantom. No shit. To save the children, death in small doses. What year are you on? I'm in the mid-90s. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit later in this thing. Okay. Maybe close, though. What about A Thousand Men and a Baby? He's not in a movie. What? He's in a movie called A Thousand Men and a Baby. Hot. Dagger Towns in that one too. <laughs> Actually, he would not be because he he does not appear in the films with other men. Think I found it. Big and hairy. He's like in nothing besides what he's in everything and nothing that I know. Like you don't know anything that he's in. Oh my god. Okay, I'm not kidding about the plot of Big and Hairy. Okay, it's about he plays the father of a of a kid who um. Plays basketball, mm-hmm. and he forges a friendship with one of his teammates, who is Sasquatch. Jesus, year is this? All right, now, the he's best also, year ever. He's also 95. in a movie. I'm just remembering it. He's also in a movie where he, I believe, he plays a psycho, and he like he's a and he shoots up his workplace, and it's like based on a true story. Like the guy from Atlanta. Um, I, I'm sure some something, but he 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 likes this girl, and then she keeps rejecting him, and he ends up killing everybody. I'm at the, I'm at the end. What do you mean? I'm at, I've gone through his career. Well, welcome to the land of Phantom Richard Thomas films. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> I'm so tired of you coming up with fake Richard Thomas vehicles. <laughs> Between me and you, we're the we are the worst. 
Uh, Death in small doses. Did you try that? No, because there's no river mentions. No, that's Tess Harper phone. <laughs> Star of Chud. Um, I can make you love me. Richard Farr. That might be the stalker one. That's a stalker one. That's Brick Shields is in that. That's when he was he shoots up the okay joint. Okay, so that's I can make you love me. It's utterly fascinating. Um, keep going down. I'm in the I'm in the 80s now. Yeah, well, maybe it isn't it? It wouldn't be go go up. God damn it! It's exists. It it does exist. Are you sure it's not big and hairy? Because. <laughs> yeah. He played Victor Dulap in that. One boy, one Sasquatch, one big friendship. Look at that face. <laughs> Two big handshakes. One giant mole. <laughs> his his mole played the Sasquatch. Um, so dual role for him. That is, first of all, go up the right now. Is he working? No. No. No, he's not even that old. All right, I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to type Virginia Madsen. Are you? Do you believe? You don't I, believe that? I, the, I you think I'm making it up. I believe you watch a lot of stupid shit on TV. Well, I think you fucking think I'm lying about this. What if yeah, I was be, right about Murder She Wrote? So you got to be right about this. Are you sure it was Richard Thomas? Yes. Maybe it was some other guy with a disfigurement mole. Keep going. I, yeah, I'd have to say it's before Sideways because she would never. Full disclosure: that sounded like one that we saw. No, no, but Rachel. You see who else is in it? Kim Coates. Cole House Campbell. Cole, Cole House Campbell's in this movie. God damn it. Good old Cole House Campbell. The fuck is that? He's probably the best actor we've never discussed. Cole House Campbell? Cole House. Cole House. One word is his first name. Cole House. That's a good name. He might right. have been on Murder, She Wrote. All right, go back. You know who else? Will Corno. Rachel Tacoton. That sounds like Fred Ward. And Pen- Penelope Ann Miller. All After right. Sex? Lying in wait. Try that. Lying because it's lying in wait. Lying in wait. Rucker no, Howard. That would have been a good title, though. Lying, lying in wait. What about ambushed? That sounds like they got ambushed on the beach. What about fake movie? <sighs> Courtney Vance, William Sadler, Robert Patrick, David Keith, William Forsyth. What a fucking classic we missed. Just Your Luck. No. Bitter Vengeance sounds like. Could so. be it. But that's no Richard Dick. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's called Linda. Go, you. Go back, go back. It's called Linda? It's called Linda. Watch this, watch this. Boom, Linda. The Lust for Murder is the AKA Linda. There you go. Richard Thomas, Ted McGinley. Why wasn't it under his page? Because we didn't look at Linda. Because yeah. nobody would look for something called Linda. He's like, something beach, beach something, Linda know. beach. What year was it? 93. So you were wrong then. It was late. Yeah, you're right. Early said, 90s. I, th- I thought maybe it was late 90s. Linda. Two couples. Friends for a long time decide to go away together. Things soon take a turn for the worse when Linda and Jeff spend far too much time together. Seen twice Instead by of Justin with their respective Waddell. spouses, he shoots them. <laughs> Paul and Stella. I thought it was something, something on the beach. And then uh, go back, see who else was in it, because I think the, one of the lawyers were famous. Huh? Nope. Nope. Nobody? Winston Hemingway? Cole House isn't in it. Laura Harrington played Stella. Who, what's she up to these days? Laura Harrington. Who is she? I have no idea. Still working. Sort of. No. Yeah, still working. Will you look under Richard Thomas and uh, check and see if he was on Murder, She Wrote somewhere? Maybe you missed it. It was under Linda, the episode Linda. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this will be our last show, but this is a good way to end it. If we ever were to end the show. What was the last thing the Chud Show talked about? Richard Thomas for an hour. What do they say? Interesting. 
Nothing they read his IMDb page. <laughs> Are you kidding? Uh, you know what? If they don't like this, I don't know what to tell them. This is the same shit we've always been done. We've, we've always, always been, been done. Doing... I mean, Dallas again, haven't you? We're just I... Tom Catting away on the IMDb. We're talking about Jake Busey? I'm cheating. We get, we get to... Tom Catting. We could talk about Tom Cats. Now, is, is Jake Busey 40 yet? He's got to be close. Oh, so you want to go towards more mainstream discussion? You want to go more towards more time? I'd like to talk about Jake Busey. More, I think we should talk about him quite a bit. He is a uh, 37. God, he's my age. I could have been friends if I had grown up at the right place. We could have been buddies with Jake Busey. I'm sure you would have been fast friends. Yeah. Would you like to see a recent photograph of Jake Busey? Please, please look good. Please look good. Please look good. Huh? That's good. Um. He looks like um, Gary. He looks like a mixture of Gary Busey and somebody less successful. Toothy? The Toothy Buseys? These are toothy men we're talking about. These men could could get paid to eat. Did you see what his his new movie he's working on? No. Son of Hyder in the house. (laughs) Doing his old dad's franchises. Oh, they're doing it. They're doing a spy series with him. Holy shit, Octabusey. <laughs> I think Busey was on a Murder She Wrote episode. Pretty sure. Yeah, someone was on one of them. Is there any? Uh, I I I've watched like pieces of all of it because it was like the show on TBS that came out when I was waiting for the Braves or something. Yeah, it's a horrible show. It's a great show. It's the stupidest thing what is in it? town. Angela Lansbury is oh, the Mercy star. Oh, Mercy Road. You watched that show? No. I see a pieces of it. I used to watch it. It's, it's, a, it's a shit show. You would have been a good Novelist. case for her. Linda. Yep. What I'm wondering is, <laughs> this is how, here's how I envision every episode ending. Angela Lansbury figures out who the culprit is yep. and confronts them. They push her over <laughs> and leave. <laughs> Solved. However, you're wrong. What they do is she she uh, figures out who the killer is, yeah. the perp is. She confronts them. They confess to her, yeah. and then they put on some 80s clothes and get arrested. And then she said, <laughs> then she says, I'm going to go write a book about it because I guess she's an author, right? Yeah, she writes a book about everything. Yeah. She's just the a best-selling lot. author, right? And the, She's a, a nosy. That's kind of a premise that I always do, like that, the show Castle with Fillion that's on now. He's an author, and he's helping out the Is it top. still on? Yep. Jessica Fletcher. That was her that's name. <laughs> yep. Um, Lansbury's still around. I don't know if she's still working, but she's still kicking on Earth. And Swordfishy Lansbury. Good movie, Swordfish. She was in something recently that I saw. Either her or her voice. Did you ever see her her music Bed knobs and broomsticks? Did you ever see her perform live? I saw her. I saw she opened up for Tom Petty. Oh, really? Traveling Lansbury's. Pretty good. It's like a super group. I get it. It's uh, it's Angela Lansbury, Maggie she Smith. Replaces, she replaces everyone who dies in the group. It's uh, she's still alive. Richard Thomas. <laughs> Some bass. His signature song was "Lady." Or Linda. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> Lady. Yeah. He's really upset when he finds out that Virginia Masson's betrayed him. So, like, he's really upset that she's kind of cheating on him. But then all of a sudden, he finds out he's she's he's a set. Kind of, she set him up for murder. How does she, how does he feel when she shoots him? 
He isn't. She shouldn't shoot him. She shoots Ted McGinley. So what happens is they're on the beach. She shoots Linda, like kills her instantly. Who's Linda? Or Stella, Stella, okay. the the wife of Ted McGinley. Ted McGinley is like goes, oh my god, what did you do? And she shoots Ted McGinley, and he falls into the ocean. But he doesn't die. Well, that's the thing. So and then the cops come, and all of a sudden Linda's spinning the wild tale that Richard Thomas killed everybody. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? He told his friend. Mother checking the prints on the gun. He, what happened earlier? I think she made him touch the gun, and he didn't realize. He was holding it though. She had gloves. So, on. so this was. He on remembers the... it later. She has gloves on. Even if she's got gloves on, she would have smeared. She would have smeared the prints. That's ridiculous. That's a silly. So then, setup. so then they can't. So they think it's him, but all of a sudden, Ted McGinley's not really dead. This is all a big plot to frame her annoying husband that she doesn't like anymore. That's not a sexual. Not, he's she, he's not a coal house in the sack. You know what I'm saying? Like Ted McGinley is. I hear you. So how does it end? Uh, he he gets her to confess to him on because she is she has been great a great actress. She is. She has held her story the whole movie. Everybody believes her. And at the end, he confronts her, and she lets her guard down for a second and says something like, I did it, and they'll never catch me. And he recorded it on cassette. I think I know how you saw this the first time. I saw it twice. You were flipping. I know, the first time I can. No, no, he's got his Kiva. Richard Thomas is like one of the search words. (laughs) What happens is you're watching the film. You saw Richard Thomas, and you're like, oh, my God, Richard Thomas is in it. So you thought, I'll just watch a little bit of it. And you kept watching and watching it. You ended up watching it the whole, all the way through the first yeah. time. I think I was Cannot sick when I watched it the first time. Understand the second time. Well, the thing is that when you're sick and something's on, you know, like you know how you know how sometimes you just feel. I do. And you, You'll just watch. First time part. I liked it. I was like, "What is this kind of interesting to watch? This murder mystery? You know what's going on?" And Virginia Madsen's a cute, cute. Tim McGillian's hot. I like them all. Like them all. And then uh, the second time through, I was like, "Well, it's on again. It's like comfort food. Do you know?" I know. It's what kind you of mean enjoyable about comfort food. Yes. Richard Thomas is an acquired taste. He was really bad in, in It, but he was good in uh, that movie he did with Costner, 3,000 3, Moles to Graceland. <laughs> I was pretty happy with it. I didn't like him in Miracle Mole. I liked him in uh, The Mole Nine Yards. <laughs> <laughs> you know who really is a big fan is Gretchen. Not Richard. <laughs> no. It's been a hell of a segment, though. He's a uh, he's all over mocap now because he's too old. He's all in the I mean, Muller Express and Mulling for Columbine. Poor Richard Mull. He's like Lauren Dean. He looks just like him. Poor Richard Mull. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is a gay cyborg. Steve is a gay cyborg. Steve is a gay cyborg. They've been showing Mr. Brooks a lot on TV lately. Good movie. And I've been thinking about that we saw that in the theater together, you and me. You and I went there. Yeah. And I'm just trying to piece together why we went to it and then why do we pay money to see it and then why. Um, this, I, just, I have a couple unanswered questions. I'm just thinking about why would we ever go? Why would we ever sit there and watch it? It is fucking, it is so fucking bad. No, I like it. You don't like it, Nick. I do like Mr. It's, Brooks. No, you don't like it. I do. No. Why do you hate it? Have you seen it? I did see it. You like it? I did like it. It's a good movie. The The daughter stuff is not good. That's what I'm talking about. It's bad. You like, you seriously like the movie. I'm not. Costner and Hurt together are great. William Hurt's great in that movie. Yeah, but that, that's it. Nope. 
He's barely in it. Demi Moore sucks. Yes. Dane that's Cook's bad not that good. Dane Cook's fine. I, I think that the, the stuff with Hurt and Costner is the best thing about it. So that's what I want to I see like. more movies with those characters. Unfortunately, they go into the other stuff. But it's, I just don't think it's good. Yeah, the Demi Moore character was completely pointless. It's a B movie that got... Why do they always try to make him... Like, you know, Mr. Brooks, he... he why do they always try to make that character so likable? Like, he's a serial killer that kind of, like, gets off on killing couples when they're making love or they're... You know, why do they have to make him, like, a good dad that, like... Is worried about his kid. You know what? I, mean, I don't understand. It, I think it might have. I mean, Dexter. I mean, Dexter does. Dexter work. It works for Dexter. Dexter's great though. But Dexter's going after criminals. Yeah, but what? Are, so are Constant people that was. fuck. People that fuck are criminals. Yeah, I, still, I, 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 I enjoy. I can't it. believe I can get a witness. I, I cannot believe we watched the film, film in the theater. I would I never see it, it again, except for the William Hurt stuff. Well, I watched it again. <laughs> you just you own it. <laughs> Demi Morse is horrible. Daniel. Hannah Baker is in there. Yep. Cameo Can I get a witness for Daniel Panabaker? She is good. She's like Kate Mara, only not. Kate Mara. She's in. Uh, she was in. Um, Shooter. In Shooter, but before that, she was in. Mara with children. <laughs> she was in. Mara to the mob. She was in. Broken Mara. Time to go home. Mara Margin. <laughs> you got any more? Oh, I, I thought I thought you had. She was there. in. Tomorrow never dies. Urban Legend three. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Tom Sizemore's a, a joke. Caught with his poopy out, fucking half strung out. Porn, porn with tiny penis porn. Steve is a gay cyborg. Stealing cell phones, apparently. Stealing cell phones to fuel his tiny penis porn. He's yeah. a joke, but he's... Doesn't uh, he have a little dick career? He went from, like, just starring in, like... Every, like he was in... He was just, like, in everything. Remember, he was, like, in every... Paparazzi. <laughs> he would work... Fucking... He, but he would work, like... He would work Physics with Road. directors. Like, he Physics was... Physics Road. But then, all of a sudden, nice. it just started going south. Tom Sizemore was never a lead actor. Land. He thought he was an actor. He's a fucking supporting actor. Yeah, but I'm saying he was always like in like people like turned to Tom Sizemore in times of need. You know, he's got a good name for a rap career. Yeah, there's gonna be a way to spell Sizemore like S I Z dash M O R umlaut. Sizemore's Sizemore is in the house. I've got an editing job ahead of me. <laughs> That's actually good. Uh, and people keep going, Sizmore, what the fuck's a Sizmore? Is this an infomercial? Are you trying to sell me another Sizmore? You got to turn it back on so we can Billy talk Mays more about his there. rap career. Let him sell it. I didn't stop. Let's, okay, I thought you did, so let's talk a little bit more. All right, Steve. Oh. We're going to break down the top ten Tom Sizemore albums. Rap albums? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could do his Christmas album too. Okay. His lounge out. His I, I, I'm I'm an early adopter of Sizemore music, so I. Size by the Fies, his like. His candlelit, romance lounge album. 
remember he's like in a in negligee by the fireplace, sized by the fives. <laughs> that, was an, that was pretty good. I thought it was all right. Good album cover. Very like it was like a they put Vaseline on the lens, it looked all sexy, sexy Sizemore, which was another album, but I didn't get that one. Well, Justin, I mean, like, come on, you you, you got more. You you went on iTunes crazy this week with Sizemore downloads. Well, I did like his uh, the EP that he released. Um, Surprise more. Really? Did you like it? Folk 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 music and Tom Sizemore just doesn't cut it for me. It was all it was all him drumming on water. But it was very folksy. I liked it. All our, all the Guthrie covers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got his folk album, Peter Poland, Tom Sizemore. That was a good album, though. Peter Paul and Tom Sizemore, two of the greatest hits. Not bad. Very good album. You got to hear their version of Airplane. Really? No. Nope. Do you think? Um, do you think he ever? He should have. He should have split up with Garfunkel. Sizemore, Sizemore, and Garfunkel. Not bad. Yes, he should have split up with him. Because I, I don't know, I, I find some of their work pretty pretty seminal. If he hadn't split up with him, he never could have been in Hall and Sizemore. <laughs> Poor Sizemore. CD sales are dwindling. <laughs> like a flame in the woods. Nazi is coming back to get you. Nazi is coming back to get you. <laughs> <laughs>